1: presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and there's Jerry Rowland, and as I said, there's me, Josh Clark, which makes this Stuff You Should Know, the soaring Edition. Wow. soaring so- Soaring. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Soar Toe Edition. I don't know what that means either. It doesn't mean anything. It's just kind of... A sore Toe is kind of the opposite of soaring, oh. you know? Really drags you down to earth. Gotcha. Because you think, like, now I have to go to, like, a... a, a urgent care center and get this toe checked out and probably take some pills that make me throw up. And it's just not like soaring high above the earth on a hang glider. I imagine. I've never hang glided. Have you? Um, no, but I've had a sore toe, so. <laughs> so. So, you know. So, do you have any desire to hang glide after this? Because I got to tell you, man, I got kind of jazzed about the idea of trying it from researching this article. No. Nah. No.
0: <laughs> Not really, just,
1: no. So, like, if you were somewhere on vacation and they had like hang gliding lessons as part of the place you were staying, would you like go over and try it? You think, or you just absolutely aren't enthused by it at all? Yeah, kind of depends, I guess, on my mood and what else is going on. I mean, I could see that. I think that's fair.
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't like seek it out though. But if I was. Literally within 50 feet of someone doing this. <laughs>
1: right. And somebody picked you <laughs> up and put you into the harness. Then I might
0: do it. but Right. It,
1: and I'm not afraid of it or anything. It's just, I don't know. I don't really care. Yeah, no. I, I get that sense that you're not afraid of it. I am terrified of heights, as you know. Um, but this still sounds pretty appealing to me, actually. I think I might try it. Yeah. I mean, I used to do rappelling and stuff like that, so I imagine. Oh, yeah. With your dad, right? Yeah. Down Stone Mountain? No. No, okay. <laughs> they will not let you do that. <laughs> yeah, I thought they might. So hang gliding is what we're talking about, Chuck. And it turns out this article, this is an old school, old school How Stuff Works article. Yeah, which were really weird in a lot of different ways. Um, but once we kind of dug in, we we found that like the the topic is actually a little more interesting than the How Stuff Works article would lead someone to believe. Yeah. Know? For sure, it's a little dry. Just a tad, <laughs> bone dry. And this is a Freudenrich joint. He knows what he's doing. He's got a PhD after his name, but yeah, I think it was the culture of the the age, you know. Sure. Like for example, in the article, he talks about a personal experience: hang gliding. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of know funny. exactly what I'm going to say, don't you?
0: Not, I don't. No, I don't
1: actually. So he said that the place that he was. Taking this hang gliding lesson is called Jockey's Ridge, and it's a public park. Uh-huh. So he writes that as, you know, before they they uh, took off, the hang gliding instructor checked to make sure that our intended flight path was clear of obstacles and people because it was a public park. That's like such a 2001 era How Stuff Works thing to <laughs> mention in an article, you know?
0: Yeah, I kind of found myself skimming that part <laughs> once I started reading
1: it. And there's some good info in it, but, yeah, the whole personal experience thing, it just doesn't it doesn't click with me, yeah. you know? So um hang gliding. Should, we, should I, we do a little history? I think we should do a little bit of history because, like I said, it's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, and this is one that you would not – um I was a little bit surprised to know that NASA had anything to do with hang gliding because it seems like, obviously, those two things would be uh, opposite of one another, mm-hmm. sort of like –
1: Toe, toe gliding, toe soaring. No, sore toe (laughs) and soaring. Yeah. I like toe soaring. It's like a SAT question. It is.
0: Uh, but there was an engineer, uh, for NASA named Francis, uh, Rogolo. So he kind of had an idea in the 1940s to use his Rogolo wing, Mm -hmm. uh, which was, I guess, sort of a crude hang glider to return space, help return spacecraft to Earth. Yeah. Instead of a mere parachute, which is what I guess had been used for a little while.
1: Well, yeah, like, you know, those famous images of, like, the uh, Gemini capsules coming back to Earth and splashing down the ocean. And they yeah. have, a, like, a drag chute, you know, that it's they're beautiful. hanging from. Originally, they were like, what if we try this other thing That's that will be one day the predecessor of the hang glider? And everyone said, what's a hang glider? And the person said, just, just wait a little while. So Regalo and his wife actually were... Uh, amateur aviation enthusiasts, and that's they were just kind of doing this on the side. But when he started working at NASA, they, he said, "Hey, I, I've got this idea," and it didn't pan out. But the 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 pictures of these tests that made it into magazines captured the imagination of some people around the world all at once. Different people who weren't in communication with one another saw these pictures and thought you know what, I could do something with that. I could turn something like that into like a personal, non-motorized flight machine. And they did.
0: Yeah, but he was not the first person to ever do stuff like this because everyone, I think, has seen uh, images of weirdos in the 19th century <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> jumping off of buildings with all manner of winged suits and things like that. Yeah. And uh, one such guy... And that's just the human's obsession with like literally flying themselves, mm-hmm. like not in a plane. There's also that.
1: It takes a certain type, though, if you think about it. Like even today, like somebody who says, wow, I'd really like to fly. And someone who says, wow, I'd really like to fly. So I'm going to spend 10 years creating my own personal flying machine. Those are two different people.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like the Wright brothers versus uh, this the, the, guy.
1: Right, exactly. You've never heard of because he didn't do anything.
0: Uh, Otto Lilienthal. Is that a a good way to pronounce that?
1: Oh, yeah. Not this guy. This guy did a lot. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, You're talking about the crackpots. Right, right. Uh, Yeah, he was a German engineer, obviously, from that name. (laughs) And he was crazy about this stuff. And he literally did over 2,000 successful flights Mm -hmm. with these, what they called weight shift hang gliders. So hang gliders where... As you will see, like the modern hang glider, you you shift your weight to steer the thing. And he was he was doing that in a kind of a crude way.
1: Yeah, he basically, I mean, like Leonardo da Vinci had like some design for a hang glider. I don't know if it's ever built. And the Chinese used to make criminals hang glide for fun. But this is like the the guy who like actually went to the trouble of figuring out how to make this right from his own designs. And and like you said, two thousand successful flights is, I mean that's that's proven technology, you know. Sure. So I, I say, and I don't think it's just us, but Otto Lilienthal is basically known as the the father of hang gliding. The the Opa. Yeah. <laughs> I guess
0: Opa's grandfather.
1: Yeah, but isn't that is that German? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was Greek.
0: Well, I don't. It may be Greek too, but I know Opa is German for grandpa. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, but you know he did a good job. Then the uh rog- regalo machine or whatever they called it, the regalo, the the fantastic flying regalos came on the scene.
1: Yeah, but they apparently were not inspired by anything Lilenthal did. His stuff really kind of fell to the wayside once the Wright brothers started. Yeah, I could see that a motorized flight. Right, everybody's like, why would you want this thing? when you can just fly in a plane. And the Wright Brothers themselves experimented with hang gliders first and then um, moved on to, to planes from their hang gliders. But by this time, like, the idea of hang gliding was was dead. And from what I understand, unknown to the Regalos. Yeah, we should totally do a Wright Brothers uh, show at some point. I can't believe we haven't. I know. There's a lot out there. We
0: will. Uh, so, flash forward some, though, to 1971 – at the, the very hot party, the Otto Lilienthal Anniversary Meetup mm-hmm. in California. So mm-hmm. he still had his people, you know, I would guess these sort of early um, extreme stunt enthusiasts mm-hmm. who held people like Otto Lilienthal as in high regard. And people came from all over the place to to hang out and hang glide, I guess. And that's where I think it was – Everyone sort of points to that meetup, that year, is when the reinvention of modern hang gliding came
1: around. Is yeah, that fair to say? I think so. And part of this, the, so you've got Otto Lilienthal, you've got the Regallos, uh, who may or may not have been influenced by Lilienthal. and then you've got a guy named Bruce Dickinson. No, it's not Bruce Dickinson. That's Iron He's Maiden. the guy from Iron Maiden. <laughs> John Dickinson, an no, Australian.
0: Not quite. Tom? No. Well, this is Tom. Were there two of them?
1: Doug Dickinson. <laughs> was it Tom Dickinson? Uh, I mean, that's what this one article says. But okay, know. well, I'm sure that one's right. But so Tom Dickinson, I think he was one of the ones who was inspired by those photos of the Regala wing from NASA and built his own hang glider, and he created um, like a what you would call um, what's it called when you're like on a, a you're parasailing and you're being towed behind a boat parasailing okay so he invented basically that which later to confuse things was reinvented in the 80s or rediscovered in the 80s and became basically a separate but related sport to hang gliding but his designs for this paraglider early paraglider was based on the regalo wing and basically improved it enough so that other people said hey you know what you could turn this into what we call a foot launched hang glider and, and by the early 1970s, it was under, it was, it was, the design had been improved enough that, yeah, you could have like an invitational meetup of the crackpots who were into this kind of thing back then. Right. And
0: then a couple of years after that, a couple of brothers named Bob and Chris Wills uh, started manufacturing, actually formed a company called Wills Wing. And by all accounts, those dudes, Really, really grew the sport in the early to mid-70s because it's a very, I mean, I know it's kind of been reborn now with these, uh, what are they called? Not solid wing, or I guess you could call them solid wing. Rigid? Yeah, rigid wing. Mm -hmm. But those early hang gliders, it's a very 70s sport.
1: It totally is. You know? And they're so pretty in a 70s way, too, like the colors they used for them. yeah, for sure. Love looking at hang gliders.
0: Looks like a a catamaran sail up there.
1: Yeah, like a Hobie cat or something. (laughs)
0: And, you know, like every, I'm sure there was an episode of Chips where one of them hand glided. There were, it made its appearance. It had its fingerprints all over 70s pop culture.
1: Totally. Do you remember like back in the day on uh, Price is Right? One of the standard, um, one of the standard prizes was a Hobie Cat little a oh. personal sailboat.
0: <laughs> yeah, like anyone. they are like, what am I going to do with that? Right. I live in, in Texas. The, right. Well, I guess Texas has a shoreline though. Look at me.
1: Yeah, there you go. How about Nebraska?
0: Yeah, no shoreline of Nebraska. No.
1: So by the seventies, this thing had kind of taken off, if you will. Forgive the unintended pun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's uh, I I don't have the impression that it's like uh, nearly as much of a craze today. Even though there have been major improvements, like the rigid wing design. Yeah, it seems like it's the seventies and maybe the eighties were the heyday, right?
0: I get the feeling that today it's sort of in that extreme sports category, mm-hmm. uh, especially with these rigid wing. But back in the 70s and 80s, like dudes like my dad would probably go out and give it a whirl. Right. In his Jeep. Yeah, absolutely. Like my dad paraglided or parasailed. Oh, yeah? On one Florida trip one time, I remember. And in true, like my dad fashion was he was like, I'm the only one doing this. It's like, I'm not going to pay for you guys to do it. Oh, really?
1: <laughs> the one, no way, the one behind the boat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yumi did that once it got stuck up there for some reason. They couldn't get her, like her and the friends she was with, down for a while. She so was stuck it really sucked. floating? Aloft, Yeah. Well, don't they just stop the boat and you come down? I don't remember what the problem was, but there was an issue that they couldn't, like her, her turn or her ride or whatever just kept going on and on and on for some reason. I sounds don't, like the I don't boat couldn't what, stop. What. <laughs> yeah, They're like, I can't take my foot off the gas. Your boats. <laughs> you don't steer with a gas pedal, by the way. Sure, well, on some you do, probably. Eh, it's usually with the hand. <laughs> I can't take my hand off the gas. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So you want to take a little break and then come back and get into hang gliders themselves?
0: Yeah, let's we'll suit up.
1: Okay. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. At its core, an extremely simple machine, right? Yeah. And, uh, it's actually a pretty clever one too, to tell you the truth. I'm not quite sure. I can't really put my finger on why I'm so jazzed about the idea of trying it, but it's somewhere in here. Okay. Okay. So you've got the hang glider, which is basically an airfoil, right? Yeah. And
0: are we going to differentiate a lot between the sort of the old school? In the the new
1: ones, in the rigid wing? I I looked up the difference, and I didn't see a terrible amount of difference. I saw that the rigid ones have – they they glide a lot longer, I think, um, or they have, like, less of a sink rate. But other than that, it's more of, like, a a matter of personal preference, and then you would train on the flexible one for sure.
0: So they still use flex wings? Oh, yeah. Okay. I I just wasn't – I, had for some reason, thought Reddit is sort of like the rigid wing took the place of the flexible wing.
1: No, I, th- I think it did not. Actually, it's a different, it's a modified design. And mm-hmm. if you're really, really good at um, at uh, hang gliding, you you may prefer the rigid, but you may also prefer the flex. You don't, you wouldn't necessarily graduate from one to the other. And then the the rigid didn't replace the flex wing.
0: All right, and just so people know for sure, what we're talking about the flexible wing. It's sort of that old school hang glider you think of that, uh, it looks like a, a modified parachute, and in fact mm-hmm. it is. Right. Uh, like a nylon parachute that you can hear kind of flapping in the wind over some sort of aluminum frame. The rigid wing is, is sort of the same, but the fabric, it's, the, the wings themselves are, uh, it's just stiffer. Right. It's, it's have- not like it's made out of wood or anything like that. It's just like a stiffer, um, like the exoskeleton.
1: I'm not describing this very well. (laughs) (laughs) Once you bring the exoskeleton in, it's all downhill from there. Yeah.
0: How would you describe the rigid wing?
1: So, like, it was like you said, the flex wing, it kind of flaps in the wind. It's it's it covers a, a skeleton, but the rigid wing is is virtually the same thing. But it has like struts, say, woven into it that keeps it from flapping as much. It makes it makes the fabric rigid.
0: Yeah, and it's like a, a pre-fab wing, you know, that you would load out of your car.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really tough to travel with, from what I understand. As far as like if you're flying somewhere on an yeah. airplane, you would you would have to take your flexible wing pair uh hand glider oh like on an airplane yeah yeah they they disassemble really easily the like all of the joints are hinged the tubes pop out of one another um the the actual um fabric folds up and comes off and the wires you know snap off it's like whenever you're you're going to hang glide you want to put your thing you want to assemble it and then you disassemble it when you're done all right Yeah, and they're like somewhere between forty to seventy pounds, and from what I can tell, the ones that weigh less are the much more expensive ones because they might not even be made out of aluminum; they may be made out of something even lighter, like carbon fiber or something like that. Gotcha. So the so the whole the whole point, whether you're talking about, and I don't really think we need to get into to rigid wing, just because it is just a modified version of the flexible wing, and the flexible wing's the one that everybody's familiar with. Mm -hmm. But with the flexible wing, it's basically, it's just a triangular skeleton made of hollow aluminum aircraft grade aluminum tubes or carbon fiber tubes. And you've basically got three um, three tubes coming out of one point. Did you ever take an art class, a drawing class? Nope. This is going to not make sense to you then. Well, I've seen a hang glider though. Okay. Well, so if there's a point, if there's a, the very front tip of the triangle of that, that the, that is the hang glider. Yeah. The stabber. Then, the, <laughs> right. The widow maker. The, that's the nose. Yes. Out of the nose, going directly back away from you is a, uh, piece of metal, a tube called the, uh, keel. Yes. Going at angles out of the nose backward away from you as well those are the leading edge tubes and then about halfway back from the nose crossing the leading edge tubes and the keel connecting them all that's the crossbar you have those four bars put together that's the basically the basic skeleton of the of the hang glider yeah okay
0: and if you haven't seen one of these just uh
1: Crawl out from under your rock, go to your laptop, and Right. look at a picture of it. And you know, when I was researching this, <laughs> especially when Freud and Rich started to get into the the wires, the front wires and the landing wires, and yeah. all these, I was like, now I fully understand what they mean when they say that a picture is worth a thousand words. Like Freud and Rich could have spent five thousand words explaining all this. And he still wouldn't have nailed it like a a picture would. It's just impossible in a situation like this.
0: Well, you've already explained more than I would have. I would have just said a series of tubes and wires.
1: Okay. So a series of (laughs) tubes connected. And then you've got the fabric covering that. Sure. You've got wires having, like holding, connecting everything, um, and stabilizing it. And then the key to all of this. Oh, there's a couple of keys. But this is where it starts to get fascinating. There's something called the control bar, right? And the control bar is like a triangle that dangles right in front of you when you're hanging from the hang glider. And this is the thing that you you, you have your hands on. It's, the, it's how you control the hang glider, which is why it's called the control bar. And then the next really essential piece, and I'll stop after this, I promise, is the uh, harness, which is suspended from the keel above you. Right behind where the uh, control bar hits the keel, right? Yeah. And so you are prone. You're lying on your stomach when you're flying, and you're hanging on to the control bar, and you're dangling from the hang glider above, which is why it's called hang gliding, because you're exactly. hanging from the hang glider. Fascinating.
0: It is. And I imagine in the 1970s, it seemed like a fun idea when you're in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and you've had a couple of rum drinks. Yeah. To uh, to get in a suit, throw on the helmet, strap into that harness, and run off the side of a cliff. Because that's how you use... I mean, you can still launch like that, but it looks like it's gotten a little more... Uh, like, that's fallen out of fashion a little bit, the run-off-the-cliff version.
1: I don't know if that's true, man. I think that that's like... um That you're an advanced hang glider. That's probably how you're going to try it. Oh, although well. you... Yeah. Uh, although you can... I mean, you can do... Um, you know, like a dune or something like that is really good for training or whatever. But they have like, I don't know if you'd call it like a launch ramp or something like that, but a, like some sort of launch that they build onto the edges of cliffs to oh, run yeah. off of for hang gliding. And they're just terrifying to even look at pictures of.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd say I'm not scared to do it, but I am i imagine I would have some butterflies when you go and run and jump off that thing.
1: Right. I would too, man, so don't feel bad.
0: But you see people do it, and my immediate thought is, I'm going to nosedive.
1: But you don't nosedive thanks to physics. Right. And do you want to take a break and then get into the physics? Yeah, we might as well. (laughs) Hang gliding. All right, game off.
0: So the reason a hang glider works is because of its elegant, lightweight design mm-hmm. and the way the air moves over these wings. And then all of these other forces acting in concert with one another to make sure you stay up there for as long as possible. Yeah. So the first one we're talking about is lift. The, the air goes over the surface of that wing and that's going to generate that lift when you run and you jump off of that platform mm-hmm. and it's going to counter the gravity. But gravity in this case is not bad. Like gravity is actually going to be, while it does want to pull you to Earth, it's what's making you go forward, continuing right. that airflow. Yes, that's a good point. So gravity is, is your friend in this case.
1: Yep. And then you've got drag, which is really the the other one, um, those three factors together. Are what really apply to hang gliding and drag is what ultimately slows you down. It's you running into air molecules and the faster you go, the more drag you have, the more, the faster you get slowed down, which then brings in the sink rate, which is the speed at which a hang glider starts to descend toward earth. It's measured in like feet per second in still air. Okay. That's right.
0: And, uh, the distance it can travel. It's determined by something called the glide ratio, Mm -hmm. which is the ratio of the forward distance to the vertical distance dropped. Forward distance you've traveled Mm -hmm. to to that drop rate.
1: Yeah, so like, say, every 24 feet you move forward, you drop like one foot downward. Right. So that's, I mean, that's really basically it for physics, but... The hang gliding would be like an entirely different sport if it weren't for um the ability to catch air currents. Yeah, it's kind of all about that. Otherwise, yeah. they would just be pretty quick rides. They would be. I mean, like it'd be pretty awesome still, especially if you like you launched off a cliff and then just kind of glided slowly downward toward the toward the earth. It'd still be pretty cool. But you can you can catch air currents if you know what you're doing and stay aloft for hours. And go across parts, entire parts of the country. As a matter of fact, the um, the record for the longest distance traveled is like four hundred and seventy-two miles. That's crazy. It's, I think it's like seven hundred kilometers. Wow. They they basically w- these two dudes went from Lubbock, Texas, to Nuevo Laredo over the course of I think like uh, eleven hours, maybe something like that. Wow. And the way that you do this is that you go find these air currents. And there's a couple of places you can reasonably expect you're going to find upward lift from air, right?
0: Yeah, hot air is one way, thermal lift, and that's like over a desert, like hot sand or mm-hmm. pavement. I mm-hmm. would prefer the hot sand. <laughs> yeah, over pavement. Uh or if it's super sunny and and I get the feeling that one the more experience you have, the more you know, how to how to look around your environment mm-hmm. to feel and see where this might be happening,
1: yeah, supposedly one way that they do it is to look for birds that sure. are um just sitting there kind of soaring uh and you can just go catch that air column, whatever it is that they're soaring on, right?
0: That's one of the most like relaxing things for me to see, yeah, is a hawk almost motionless,
1: just sort of floating now imagine doing it yourself, yeah. Doesn't that seem relaxing? I, I think it sounds great. Yeah.
0: No, I would I would enjoy it, I'm sure. Okay. I'm just not going to go through a lot of effort to make it happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently I've made it my mission to get you hang gliding for wow. some reason.
0: In, what, it, it's, uh, in the Chips episode, you will have rigged my hang glider to crash. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Poor Robert Pine. Uh, and then, <laughs> who's Robert Pine? He was their like captain or oh, the sergeant. Yeah. Oh, yeah, great, great actor.
0: I can picture him immediately in my brain. Yep, me too. Uh, and then you've got something called ridge lift, and that's air that's that's deflected up by um, like a mountain or a ridge, and mm-hmm. the, basically the topography of the ground beneath you and around you. You can uh, learn to read that stuff, and you know where these uh, swells and columns of air are going
1: to be. Right, and when you when you find these columns of air, these lifts, like you don't just fly into them and all of a sudden you're up because they're actually usually fairly small. Um, So you would basically fly right through them, maybe get a little bit of lift, but then you just keep going and start descending again. If you're going to catch an air current, an upward air current, you um, basically want to enter into uh, a tight spiral, basically an upward corkscrew spiral. (laughs) you're, You're following the air current upward. And to do this, it's all... Just basically based on simple movements of your body. That's the whole thing with steering and controlling a hang glider. It all has to do with the different um, adjustments to the weight you're putting on the control bar, that triangle that's in front of you that you're hanging on to.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, you go left and right by, I think, literally shifting your body as it's hanging. Mm-hmm. And you go up and down by tipping... And it's, you know, it may seem counterintuitive, or who knows. Once you are up there, it may seem like the right way to do it. Yeah. But in order to go up, you tip the nose down, and then vice versa.
1: Yeah. And to tip the nose down, you pull the con- the control bar towards you, so you are shifting your weight forward. And when you push, put that that nose down, you are trading in some of your a- a- altitude. You know, you are basically creating a nose dive, but just for just enough to to. Speed up, and then to slow down, you push the control bar away from you, which tips the nose up, which basically stops the um, the glide of yeah. the glider. Stull. It turns it, yeah, it turns it into like a a piece of fabric trying to go forward through space rather than something just cutting smoothly horizontally. It's it's starting. It's now vertical in some way, and it slows it down. And that's actually the way you land too. Apparently, you can land on your feet very gently once you're close to the ground you start to stall uh, by pushing the cr- the control bar away from you, that lifts the nose up it cuts your speed off and then you just kind of in a nice gentle trot hit the ground and, and you say I just hang glided, yes
0: I think what I would worry about for myself is that um, some of this stuff may not be intuitive or instinctive
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I would do the wrong thing and then panic
1: so uh that's actually a really good point. Uh, um this group called Kitty Hawk Kites from North Carolina, which are actually cited in the House of Works article, they had like a really good tips for beginners article as well and they say one of the things that you have to learn is to remain calm. Because it takes a bit of finesse from what I understand, it takes um you have to you have to be able to s- very smoothly move your weight around. And if you're anxious and you're hanging on to the control bar too too tight, yeah. your movements are gonna be kinda herky jerky and it's it's not a good way to hang glide. So you yeah. wanna be you wanna be relaxed and controlled. And they say that the best way to do this is to have a few tandem lessons first. I thought you can say have a few drinks. I would guess that <laughs> I don't know if they would recommend that or not. Maybe one drink to maybe loosen it, you up, but that's maybe it. yeah. Uh, it may be one for when you're up there too.
0: Oh, the, uh, bring a roadie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> be nice. <laughs> yeah, they're like, where'd you get that? But they offer like tandem lessons, right? So you're you're on there next to somebody who is an experienced hang glider. Yeah, and they're controlling, and then they can hand over the control the control bar to you by saying, okay, now let's go left or let's go right. And all that is is just shifting your weight left, shifting your weight right. Move, shifting your weight forward or backward for up or down it's as simple as that but i think remaining calm is a huge part of the whole thing that's a good point
0: yeah for sure um so if you're an experienced pilot you might also have some other gear up there with you um like an uh a variometer
1: mm-hmm.
0: and this is what in a lot of these you can hear so you don't have to look at it it'll like i guess it barks out you know you're climbing in descent rate, <laughs> which is pretty handy.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and then what's the other one, the alt- uh, altimeter? Uh-huh. Altimeter?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the one that just tells you what your altitude is. I, I call it the <laughs>
0: altimeter.
1: Altimeter.
0: Uh, and you're going to want goggles and obviously that helmet. And I think if you do these more, the higher up extreme things, you're going to also have
1: a parachute. Yeah, when just you're hitting good. thousands of feet. Yeah, they say that most of the accidents that happen happen on takeoff or landing, that it's rarely, um, does somebody just fall out of the sky, even when they hit turbulence. You're not going to like just drop out of the sky like a stone. Um, that's just not how aerodynamics works, but you'll have a bumpy ride. It's more like you, um, you hit a tree or you, <laughs> That's um, like you, like you fall off the cliff, like your 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 hang glider doesn't catch air right or something like that. That that's usually on takeoff or landing when you when you have a crash.
0: Although I did see, um, I think it was, might have been twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. and because uh, I just, of course, looked up hang gliding deaths, and um, <laughs> this one guy like fell out of his hang glider entirely. Oh man! And went uh, to the ground.
1: Yeah, that would be, that'd be one way that it could happen too. And I, I don't know if we said it or not, Otto Lillenthal died in a hang gliding crash. That's how he went.
0: Oh, I don't think I knew that.
1: Very appropriately, you know? Hmm. So, um, in reading Kitty Hawk Kite's description of, you know, what, what it feels like when you're learning how to hang glide. So they, they hang glide on sand dunes, which is virtually the same area that the Wright brothers tried their stuff out on. And the reason why they use sand dunes is cuz there's a gentle slope for one. But number 2, if you fall, you fall into sand, which is much more forgiving than like you said pavement, right? But when you're when you're hang gliding, when you're learning how to do this, the whole point is, man, they did such a good job describing it. Basically, they said imagine you're running down a hill Right, and you don't have a hang glider. You're just running downhill. Eventually, you're going to pick up enough speed that your legs can't keep up with it. Gravity's pulling you downward, and you're going to start tumbling downhill. So it's you've you've just crashed right. running downhill. Right. They said with a hang glider, what you're doing is you're running downhill and you're picking up that same speed, but you're using the hang glider to stabilize yourself so that your legs don't get ahead of yourself. And if you can find that balance, and it just takes a a few times to practice this, well, probably several times, but if you can find that balance to where you can trust and stabilize yourself with the hang glider as you're running down the slope, eventually the weight of your body and the hang glider that you're holding, because remember it weighs up to about 70 pounds, yeah the weight of the two things starts to be transferred as the there as lift is produced under the hang glider from the bottoms of your feet to the straps of your harness and little by little that that weight is transferred, and eventually your feet are no longer making contact with the ground and i'll bet there's a cute few seconds where yeah, your feet are just running. going through the air you know <laughs> <laughs> and the it's now the straps holding you up and through so it's the hang glider through the straps holding you up and you've just taken off and now you're soaring but i would so, be like i'm not ready yet and then <laughs> Oh, then you just pull the, pull back on the control bar or push, no, I'm sorry, you push forward on the control bar, the nose would go up and you'd, you'd land after just, you know, being a couple of feet off the ground if you had your head about you. Exactly. But what they're saying is, is like, even if you never do catch air, as long as you don't hesitate and you just keep, you know, using the hang glider to stabilize yourself, at the worst, you're going to just end up at the bottom of the hill. Having run down there and never caught air. At best, you will have caught air, right? And you'll just taken off. But the whole point with them is, is that you're training on sand. So even if you bite it, you're still just in sand. So it's fine. Right. All this explains though why you, they don't just say, okay, here's a cliff with a launch ramp, run off. Right. You have to know what you're doing. And it, eventually you want it to be, you want it to go from a gradual transfer to a very sudden transfer of weight from your, feet to the straps of the harness correct yeah and then there's one other way that you can do this too and it's being towed by a machine like parasailing right you're being towed by a boat well i was reading this article from i think like 1988 and people in kansas they have nothing to launch off of but they were still into hang gliding so they were using tow trucks or not tow trucks pickup trucks they just sit in the back of pickup trucks with, like, a little cable attached to them. And as the pickup truck gained speed, their glider would start to be picked up. And they'd eventually disconnect themselves and hang glide around Kansas, launched via pickup. <laughs> of course, it's Kansas. <laughs> awesome.
0: It does not surprise me.
1: No. Uh,
0: that makes sense. I think I might even feel a little better about a, a automobile doing the work for me. Uh, oh, really? A pickup truck? Well, maybe. I mean, do they... Do they just tow you around literally parasail style? Do they tow you toward a? Uh, well, they don't have any cliffs in Kansas.
1: No, they don't. They don't have anything. You're <laughs> you're you're golden in that respect.
0: The only cliffs in Kansas are delivering your mail. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> nice one. Um, I have one more thing. You got anything else? No. I got one more thing. So the earliest, earliest hang gliding designs didn't use a harness. <laughs> It was like a hang glider, like you have, right? But you would run and then eventually, like, the hang glider would, <laughs> would just lift off and you'd be dangling like a rock from the, the control bar, huh. hanging on for dear life. Rather than being connected by a harness in a prone position, you would just be hanging from, like, downward from the, the control bar. And that, that would, worked? Yeah. I mean, it was nothing like the hang glide, like, experience that we have now yeah like they didn't last very long and they didn't go very far or get very high but i think it's kind of like a a zipline thing wow yeah so that's it that's hang gliding man there you have it we're gonna go do it this uh this spring we are yes we are all right if you want to know more about hang gliding go take a lesson and try it yourself and in the meantime you can go check out this ancient how stuff works article it's hilarious um, And just type in hang gliding in the search bar. And it'll bring this up. And since I said that, it's time for listener mail.
0: I'm going to call this uh, just a really nice email from a nice dude. Oh, nice. Uh, hey, guys, just recently finished my second run of every episode. How about that? Hats off to you, dude. Uh, after hearing The Simpsons podcasts and understanding how it shaped so many lives... Want to let you know the stuff you should know has helped me just as much, if not more. Uh, just as you said, the Simpsons pointed me, uh, you guys, into the direction of pop uh, pop culture. I think you said that. Um, your podcast shared of and shared knowledge have done the same for me and many other people who listen. I've been listening since 2009 when I got my first iPod at 16.
1: Oh, that's adorable.
0: <laughs> uh, and at that time, I did not have many friends, suffered from depression, and was dealing with a stressful life at home. Uh, when I first found the podcast, I was immediately hooked. It seemed like an audio version of Uncle John's Bathroom Reader, which I was already an avid fan of.
1: Man, this kid's got it nailed.
0: Um, I know. If he mentions Mad Magazine, then I'll know it's you.
1: <laughs> he hit the trifecta.
0: Uh, as I continued to listen, I grew more and more attached to the comforting feeling of two intelligent guys having a friendly talk about interesting information. Uh, the show managed to give me a mental safe haven during rough times at home. And your nuggets of wisdom throughout the shows uh, provide subtle life lessons. They were crucial to my formative years. Uh, the constant awareness of guiding listeners to have an open mind and warm heart is a needed reminder to be the best person I can be, to be more like Josh and Chuck. Uh, after high school, I joined the Army and was uh, iso- uh, isolated often in different parts of the country, knowing that I could hear the witty, friendly banter of you 2 whenever I wanted always made me feel right at home. Uh, right now, I am finally going back to college at the ripe old age of 24, And It is mostly thanks to you guys. Uh, You are my academic heroes. Stuff you should know may not have changed the world as much as The Simpsons yet, but it has certainly changed mine. Man. How about that?
1: That was a great email. Thanks for picking that one, man.
0: It was. Thanks for always being there. It means more than you can ever know. Christian Stanley. P.S. If you read this for listener mail, it would be one of the highlights of my life.
1: Man. Well, there you go, Christian. Highlight achieved. Yep. Level up. Thank you very much for that. That was a really great email and thanks for listening all these years. We appreciate it.
0: Yeah, Kristen, we super duper appreciate it.
1: And if you want to tell us hi and that uh, you have been listening all these years, well, we appreciate you too. You can let us know via Twitter at uh, Josh Um Clark or SYSK Podcasts on Facebook.com slash you should know or slash Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Uh, you can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.